With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Osmo Daily Fantasy Newsroom, the show where I, your host, Kyle Dvorak, find me on Twitter at KyleTweets here, break down yesterday's training camp news, give you the fantasy spin on it, show you how you can make action out of the avalanche of fantasy football news coming out of camp in these final practices before we get into week one, before you get into your fantasy drafts next week as we head towards the start of the 2020 NFL season. And before we get into any news that happened yesterday, I want to remind you to go to awesomeo.com forward slash fantasy dash football. That's where you can get our draft kit with our rankings done by the world's number one daily fantasy football player, Alex Awesomeo Baker. You can get our draft wingman tool, which helps you build optimal season-long and best ball lineups. You can get our sleepers, breakouts, and bus table. You can also get a ton of awesome content there at osmo.com forward slash fantasy dash football. So go and check that out. It's all just $29.95. And with that, you get a $35 coupon to the FFPC if you're a new user. That makes the draft kit free money plus a bunch of awesome tools if you use that code. So again, osmo.com forward slash fantasy dash football. Now let's get into some training camp news. Wasn't a ton of action news, but there's a bunch of interesting rumors, a bunch of contract stuff. So let's start. Joe Mixon gets the bag, gets his four-year extension with the Cincinnati Bengals. A lot of rumors that he was going to hold out. He was sort of holding in. He was missing practices. Wasn't getting fined for it because he was, he was having supposed migraines, but he and the team come to a four-year extension, keeping him with this new offense led by Joe Burrow with a young staff at the helm keeps him with this team until I think like 2025. So that's good for the overall outlook of this offense. It's good for Mixon's long-term outlook if you're looking at keeping him in a dynasty or keeper league. He's a guy that now he is tethered to a young, talented quarterback in Joe Burrow with with weapons galore on this team. So I really do think Joe Mixon's prognosis long-term really looks good after this. Guys like Giovanni Bernard. Giovanni Bernard's a guy who's been rumored to be cut for the like past year or two. And it would be interesting to see Travion Williams, a guy who's kind of built like Gio short but thick, athletic, and has a receiving background at Texas A&M, and just a crazy rushing rushing background at Texas A&M going over 1,900 yards in his final season. I would love to see him take over that Giovanni Bernard role, either just pushing Gio out, or if the team does decide to move on from Giovanni Bernard, I'd love to see them elevate him, because the only other guys they have is, I never know how to say this guy's name, but Samaj A. Pirine, Samaj Perine, I don't know. It doesn't matter because he's, he's not really a factor in fantasy. At least Travion Williams would be a really interesting backup or could get a, a certain role like we saw Giovanni Bernard have in the past few years and maybe rekindle that role as Giovanni Bernard's really seen his touches dwindle over the past three or four years. But overall, this is now for sure Joe Mixon's backfield. You can expect with how much money they're paying him that they want to get him the rock. Next 
big piece of, of I don't know if you want to call it breaking news because it's more just rumors, but Josina Anderson reports that the Saints are open to trading Alvin Kamara. This seems absurd. He's a guy who has been the the 1B of this offense behind Michael Thomas and one of the most efficient and dynamic running backs the league has seen in the past four or five years with his ability as a receiver and his ability to just produce crazy splash plays until last year when he was banged up with a handful of injuries, was scoring touchdowns at a crazy rate, breaking tackles at a crazy rate, and now they're open to trading him. I saw rumors that they would want a first-round pick, and given the state of running back in today's NFL, we're seeing dynamic backs like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire slip to the end of the first round, and that also assumes, you know, we know Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be on this rookie contract for the next four years with a team option for the fifth year. If you trade for Alvin Kamara, you are losing that that cheap-ish, you know, running back salaries are different, but you're losing a relatively cheap contract because you know as soon as you trade for Alvin Kamara, you have to give him close to Christian McCaffrey level money for him to actually sign it. So I, I doubt he, I doubt any team wants to both pay the first or even maybe a high second round pick and then also give him that kind of money. I can see them giving him the money in free agency, or I can see them spending the draft pick if he were available in an upcoming draft. But doing both seems like a cost that no team is going to pay. So the Saints, it seems incredibly unlikely that a young, proven, talented running back as dynamic as Alvin Kamara doesn't end up on the Saints. Although I think it is at least as likely, if not more likely, he actually does hold out because the Saints, I believe, have the sixth lowest cap next year. They're a team that is always on that cap bubble, cutting expensive guys just to make ends meet. And Alvin Kamara wants a ton of money. So it seems like the team is going to possibly struggle to meet his demands simply by the logistics of them not having the money. They've spent so many ways. Now they're unable to keep Alvin Kamara. I still think at the end of the day, we see Alvin Kamara week one. It is interesting to note, you can check out last, uh, you can check out yesterday's show to hear more about Latavius Murray and how incredibly good he is whenever Alvin Kamara misses time and how he has a little bit of touchdown equity, even if Alvin Kamara is on the field. So check out yesterday for Latavius Murray. I want to do a little bit of a deeper dive into the next two backs on this roster because it does seem like there is at least a mounting chance. You know, a month ago, I would have said there is 0% chance Alvin Kamara doesn't start week one now. I don't know, two, three, five percent that he either gets traded and doesn't start for the Saints or holds out, you know, combine those two options. It, it seems in the realm of possibilities where I think during the summer, I really wouldn't have expected anything like this to happen. So now it's worth talking about who is behind both Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. Two backs worth noting, Dwayne Washington and Ty Montgomery. Dwayne Washington is a guy who really has just turned into exclusively a special teamer, especially in recent years. So he's a guy I'm not awfully interested. I think if anyone were to at least attempt to replace that Alvin Kamara role, it would be Ty Montgomery, who has, at least when you look at the skills they possess, that Alvin Kamara skill set. Comes out of Stanford as a wide receiver, then transitions to running back when Green Bay is in desperate need of running back help. And he has a great build to be a running back. Six foot, 216, and still crazy athleticism. Runs a 4.55, has above average brought in vertical and those cone drills. Really the full athletic package was an efficient rusher in college, even though he really just did it as a side gig to being a receiver, but ran for 9.2 yards per carry in college on just under 50 carries. So he was definitely not a, he was, he was clearly a wide receiver as like, it would be the craziest market share of the targets if, if he would have been a running back, but he was a wide receiver. He enters his first year in Green Bay as wide receiver. Then they have to transition him out of necessity. Overall, he did very well. His first season, he gets 
or his first season as running back, I guess, he gets 77 carries, rushes at nearly six yards a carry. Over his entire career, he runs at 4.6 yards per carry, and he still has a modestly impressive yards per target in his first season as a running back, 6.2 and then 5.6 the next year, 5.9 the year after that. The biggest problem you see when you look at Ty Montgomery is no team has really been ever willing to commit to him for more than a handful of games. Green Bay phased him out of the system, then he ends up making his way to Baltimore via a trade. Baltimore doesn't care to bring him back. He's with the Jets in 2019, doesn't get much run there. Over the past two years, he has been with three different teams. This will be his fourth team in just three years. But, I mean, if you're looking at a guy who has a history of stepping in when in dire straits for a team that needs a dynamic running back, he does have that. His profile is mightily impressive. And he's a guy who's been efficient when given chances. Teams are just so reluctant to give him chances. And I like when you have a guy with that skill set entering a system like the Saints offensive system that has been so productive at getting receiving usage out of their running backs. We've seen it with Pierre Thomas. We've seen it with Darren Sproles. Now Alvin Kamara. I would venture to say that at least Alvin Kamara and maybe Darren Sproles as well are better receiving running backs than Ty Montgomery. But Montgomery having that receiver background really would make him interesting on the off chance that Alvin Kamara does either hold out or gets traded. But I think the most likely outcome, you star Ty Montgomery on the waiver wire, but you never actually add him and Alvin Kamara starts week one. We just don't see players hold out that often. And we've seen most recently in the past, it doesn't particularly work. Le'Veon Bell holds out an entire season, misses all those wages, and doesn't end up getting a giant contract like we now see with Christian McCaffrey. He gets a more modest contract. Melvin Gordon has to end his holdout because he realizes it's not going to work, and then hits just a two-year contract with Denver. So holdouts don't seem to really be as effective as they used to be in the NFL because of the new CBA. Just players have so little leverage now, and teams know that running backs aren't as valuable as they used to be, or at least as valuable as teams used to think they were. So overall, holdout seems highly unlikely, but Ty Montgomery is a guy I would be rushing to the waiver wire to add. Let's move on to the next piece of news. Raiders place Tyrell Williams with a shoulder injury on IR. Originally, it was reported that he was going to try to play through. I believe it was a partially or slightly torn labrum, but that seemed almost impossible. And last year, he did have a significant role on this offense. Was banged up a little bit, but he played the field stretcher role, goes for 651 yards, scores six times. His absence could open up the path to either Henry Ruggs or Brian Edwards, but I'd really be looking at least for this injury to improve Brian Edwards' outlook. In training camp, they said once Tyrell Williams went down, Brian Edwards would be their starting receiver at X throughout the rest of training camp until Tyrell Williams returned, but obviously that is not happening anymore. So it looks like Brian Edwards, a starting receiver taken in the third round of the NFL draft and has an absolutely killer college profile, a 94th percentile college dominator, meaning out of the overall offensive production that South Carolina was producing while he was there, he was controlling a massive amount of it. And then a sub-18 breakout age in Player Profilers database that is the best breakout age in the history of the database. No player was more productive at such a young age, and we see that be highly predictive of fantasy success with guys like Amari Cooper, one of the historic great breakout ages. Even Calvin Ridley, who has a late breakout age, broke out as a freshman in Alabama, goes on to have stunning success. DJ Moore, early breakout age, great NFL success. This is a metric that is highly predictive of NFL success, especially when you combine it with draft capital and opportunity, and it appears that the stars are aligning for all those things to meet at Brian Edwards. He's a guy who I would be aggressively trying to get in dynasty and keeper leagues, and even in redraft and deeper best ball leagues, at least. I think he's worth going after because he's also a guy who Henry Ruggs, with his speed, looks like a guy who can take the top off a team, but that's not what Derek Carr looks for. He is one of the most check down heavy quarterbacks in the league. And Brian Edwards, despite his crazy college dominator, 
did that largely by getting short targets and then producing on top of those. So really, he does fit the mold of a guy who Derek Carr would like to target. He's got the history of production, the breakout age. Now he's a starter, and the team seems to be really high on him throughout his training camp. So Brian Edwards, a guy who I think I'm snagging at the end of my deeper best ball drafts. I think even in a 16-teamer, he's a guy that you can consider with your final draft pick. And although I've talked up Brian Edwards a lot, this news isn't bad for Henry Ruggs either. They have now lost their field stretcher from last year. I think maybe this just means they stretch the field less, but Henry Ruggs supposedly starting the slot. That is good for getting targets from Derek Carr. They can potentially manufacture him touches as well. They don't just have to use him as a deep receiver. He's a guy who can take screens to the house. We saw him do that frequently at Alabama. That was his calling was either taking short plays and going long with them or just catching the ball while running past defenders. So he's a guy that I think is still worth drafting in his ADP, but Brian Edwards is the big mover in this offense. Next piece of news, Tyrod Taylor could start all of 2020. The Athletics' Daniel Popper expects Tyrod Taylor to start most of, if not all, the games this year. Not a great endorsement, I mean not at all an endorsement, of Justin Herbert, their number six overall pick at quarterback. Herbert was touted as kind of a raw prospect. He wasn't on the level of a Tua or a Joe Burrow, and a guy they didn't expect to start week one, but not starting at all this season would one be just a bad long-term outlook for him, not able to beat a, a journeyman veteran type quarterback like Tyrod Taylor at all during the season would not be a great look for him. But for fantasy, this is awesome for Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor has started a handful of seasons with Buffalo and a handful of games with the Browns, taking out a handful of games, I believe three, that he did not finish. He has been over 20 fantasy points a game. That makes him a top five fantasy quarterback. Even if you include the games that he didn't finish, he's still easily a QB1 and I say it's reasonable to include those games because I think at least two or three of, or maybe all three were games where he got benched. Although he got benched for Nathan Peterman at one point. Like what, what's going on with that? At least the other one, he got benched for Baker Mayfield. So Tyrod Taylor, the only real reason you shouldn't be drafting Tyrod Taylor is that one game where he gets benched. But I think those games are, should be at least reasonable to see coming when the team is not winning, when the offense is not clicking. Yeah, maybe you don't put Tyrod Taylor in if he's going to play the Patriots next week after three straight losses. But unless there are signs, rumors of him not being the starting quarterback at the end of a game, you want to get Tyrod Taylor in your lineups. He's, his rushing production is just off the charts. He's a guy who's producing, you know, over six and a half carries per game, over 35 yards and a third of a score on the ground alone. And he's not a horrible passer. He's conservative, doesn't score a ton, but he also doesn't throw a ton of interceptions. You add in that rushing production, 20.5 fantasy points per game on his career in games he's both started and finished. He is a high-end QB1 as long as he is on the field. Tyrod Taylor, a guy to get at the end of drafts. Still not a guy that makes you super excited about this offense, specifically because he converts so many dropbacks into rushes. So a guy that maybe you don't need to stack, a guy who you love when he plays teams like the Raiders, teams like the Chiefs in either bad defenses or great shootouts. Tyrod Taylor is a guy you're going to want to get in your lineups, and he's so cheap. In, in your standard leagues, completely undrafted. In best ball leagues, you really need to get to a 20-round best ball league before he goes. He's a guy who you want to get on your fantasy team because of that Konami code rushing production. He is the cheat code this season to low-end QB1 production. Last piece of news for the day, Curtis Samuel has not been impressive in training camp. The Charlotte Observer's Jonathan Alexander noted that Curtis Samuel has not been impressive in this Panthers training camp. You know, last year, Samuels appeared in some ways miscast as the team's deep threat, but Kyle Allen's atrocious deep arm certainly didn't help. So it's really hard to parse out what was Samuel and what was Kyle Allen. 
But Samuel with a, a backfield as a running back at Ohio State really seems like a guy who you want to get the ball to short and then let him produce yak. And then they bring in Robbie Anderson, a guy who's specifically exclusively a deep threat, but seemed at times to be a good deep threat at that. So it seems like he will move to the deep threat role while Curtis Samuel probably plays Z receiver, Robbie Anderson at X, and DJ Moore in the slot. Curtis Samuel, a guy they can manufacture touches for, but through three years in his NFL career, really hasn't produced a ton of fantasy notable seasons. Last season was his best year, 757 yards in total, seven scores. Those unconverted air yards were really the bane of Samuel's existence. Seven touchdowns in back-to-back seasons is nice, and it does show his playmaking ability. And on his career, averaged nine yards per carry. Last season, got 19 carries. That is That would be the best way to use him, is get him a handful of carries every single game. He should also just purely be the backup to Christian McCaffrey, a guy who has that similar skill set just to another level. Curtis Samuel, with a background at running back, now converts to wide receiver, has that same skill set, sort of Ty Montgomery-esque in that way. But I do think Samuel, with his crazy athleticism, with his his pretty solid production through his sophomore and junior NFL season, I guess if that's what you want to call them, his second and third NFL season, two years ago, 578 yards, seven scores again, seven scores last season with more yardage. He's gone up every single year in his yardage after a shaky rookie season, which he was also banged up, and so he didn't really get many opportunities. He's a guy that I'm really interested in. I love the direction this offense is going with Teddy Bridgewater under center, Joe Brady, the architect of that LSU offense calling plays. I just don't know if he's a guy that a team can work into a fantasy-relevant role. We see it so often with Cordell Patterson. Percy Harvin later in his career. These Swiss Army Knife players, that's not a moniker we give to guys we love in fantasy, but Samuel certainly has the potential to break the mold. He's a guy who has the athleticism, the production to do it, and now should be playing on a much more dynamic offense with a better passer. Teddy Bridgewater, conservative like Kyle Allen, but not bad like Kyle Allen was. So this offense going in the right direction, maybe Samuel can get cast in a fantasy valuable gadget role, a guy maybe more like a Tyreek Hill or a Robert Woods, where carries are the bonus on his receptions. He's a guy that Osmo's rankings are still reasonably low on, a guy that you're not getting if you're going off those rankings, and he's a guy that I'd probably just wait and see if they actually use him, because the odds that his fourth year is the year he finally converts to a full-blown fantasy-viable wide receiver seems at best slim. He's a guy I'll take the wait-and-see approach. I'll let somebody else use the roster spot on him, and if he ends up getting cut as a becomes a free agent, I can pick him up off the waiver wire. Great, but if not, I don't feel like I'm missing out too much. Guys, that is going to do it for this week's Osmo Daily Fantasy Football Newsroom. I have been your host, Kyle Dvorak. Find me on Twitter at KyleTweets here, and of course, go to Osmo.com forward slash fantasy dash football to get access to our draft kit. ton of awesome stuff, our rankings and projections, cheat sheets, breakout sleepers and bus tables, and it all comes for just $29.95 plus that $35 FFPC code if you're a new user there. So it is, again, that's free money on the table. Get that before your drafts kick off and before the start of the NFL season. We'll catch you tomorrow.